In October 2018, Canada was the first G20 nation to legalise recreational cannabis. Five years on, public health experts say legalisation hasn't created any health benefits, but it has been linked to some serious concerns. Arms include increased use, large increase in cannabis poisonings among young children, cannabis hospitalisations, and cannabis-induced psychosis. The pro-cannabis people like the Greens and Chloe and other activists used to be all over Canada and how great it was. But they have been real quiet in the last week. You probably didn't even know this report existed. Let's check it out. When Canada legalised the use of cannabis, the goals were to improve safety and public health as well as to reduce access by youth, reduce crime and the black market. You know, same stuff we heard during the cannabis referendum here in New Zealand three years ago. Well, five years later, Canadian public health experts say legalisation hasn't created any health benefits, but it's been linked to some serious concerns. Now, this is all reported in the latest issue of the Canadian Medical Association Journal. So let's check the media coverage first from Canada's equivalent to TVNZ. Five years post-legalization, public health experts say more Canadians are using cannabis, hospitalizations are up, and the drug is linked to some serious health concerns. So this is one of the things we need to take seriously and try to change. A commentary published in the Canadian Medical Association Journal outlines cannabis use has increased to more than a quarter of Canadians. The number of pot-related pregnancy care cases has doubled, harming newborns. And while still rare, three times as many children were poisoned by edible cannabis products. This is disconcerting. This is not what was ideally expected from legalization. Studies show Alberta and Ontario have seen a 20% increase in cannabis-related ER visits, including more cases of cannabis-induced psychosis. Doctors say that's troubling. If you have an eMERGE visit for cannabis-induced psychosis, in absolute terms, you have a 26% chance of developing schizophrenia within three years. We still need to understand what are the biological mechanisms of why some people are more vulnerable than others. She adds pot users under 16 are at higher risk of mental health problems. While legalization was supposed to cut youth usage, surveys show 30 to 50% are still using cannabis, one of the highest rates in the world. The first time I smoked cannabis to deal with my stress, I failed two courses in a year and then was homeless at the end of that semester. Lucas Wade became addicted and tried to take his own life. He says governments need better pot policies. You have an ethical responsibility to make treatment for that substance just as accessible as it is getting the substance itself. While the health impacts of legal pot have largely been negative, experts say fewer arrests and criminal charges related to cannabis use can be seen as social justice wins that may indirectly improve public health. But doctors insist going forward, governments need to refine the rules, start treating cannabis more like tobacco. Christine Burak, CBC News. Gee, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a disaster. Hospitalizations up, as we predicted would happen in New Zealand. Increased use, as we predicted. Pot-related pregnancies, yep, predicted that. Kids getting poisoned, yep, we predicted that one and cannabis-induced psychosis, yep. 
increase in ER visits, mental health problems for youth. Canadian youth have one of the highest rates of cannabis use in the world. Here's two other recent articles from Canada's, Canada's grand experiment. Uh, booming sales of legal marijuana linked to more car crashes. Uh, and this one, new study finds cannabis intoxication and rates of accidental ingestion in young children rises after legalization. And a third of active cannabis users apparently still get their cannabis from the black market. Why? Well, because it's cheaper, probably stronger, and doesn't have all the government red tape around it. Here's another thing they found out. Going from a couple of cannabis stores in a city to hundreds, increased availability, which can lead to overuse problems, said the lead author, Daniel Myron. Wow, who would have thought that hundreds of outlets selling drugs would increase use and abuse? Nope. The lead author said, quote, Our data, while not conclusive, is hinting that as the market expands, when you see greater levels of market maturity, new products, that you do see these increases in cannabis harm, end quote. Uh, and here's another article that was released just a couple of days ago. And it says this, The razzle-dazzle days where money was no object and sky-high demand was expected are gone, replaced by a sobering reality. Legalization has fallen well short of expectations. The biggest companies, Canopy Growth Corp, Aurora Cannabis Inc. and Tilray Brands Inc. have shrunk their footprints, laid off thousands and grappled with balance sheets that reflect a turbulent market and a longer march to profitability than many once imagined. Others weren't so lucky, they sold their business at bargain prices to a bigger rival, folded or declared bankruptcy. And they worry the carnage isn't over. Now in that news video report, you'll see that one of the experts was Benedict Fisher, who said of the results, it wasn't expected. So this is one of the things we need to take seriously and try to change. This is disconcerting. This is not what was ideally expected from legalization. Yeah, now anybody, well, actually everybody, except the drug advocates, knew this would be the outcome. But here's the interesting bit. Benedict Fisher is from Auckland University and also Simon Fraser University in Vancouver. He was on the expert panel for the referendum circled there. Back in 2019, Jacinda Ardern asked the Chief Science Advisor to provide an accessible summary of the evidence to inform the cannabis referendum using an expert panel. And the expert panel was charged with pulling together as much information as they could about the impacts of cannabis and to present it in a way that is easy to understand for voters. The problem was that of the 10 members of the expert panel, seven out of 10 had declared that they support legalization of cannabis and not even one of the panel had expressed any opposition. That's how Jacinda solves problems, pick stack committees which agree with her. And a couple of months after the no vote won the referendum, and you can still hear the wailing from the yes campaign, Benedict was back, and an article appeared in the Lancet Regional Health Western Pacific entitled, New Zealand's Failed Cannabis Legalization Referendum, Implications for Cannabis Policy Reform. And in a short analysis, it says this, Governments and lawmakers, 
rather, will need to develop and move forward reform initiatives in their respective political systems and demonstrate leadership and courage in persuading their citizens that cannabis legalisation is a desirable and valid policy direction. Yep, it's an atrocious piece. Ignore the people. Only governments and lawmakers should have a say. The public are too dumb. Uh, Helen Clark made these same claims. She said, it's an issue where a party should do its research and come up with a proposal. Uh, well, they did. And the majority said, no, Helen. But as I said, they're still whining about losing the referendum. Now, the only benefit the Canadian commentators could point to was fewer arrests and so-called social justice. Well, once again, of course, there were fewer arrests. Why? Because an illegal product was made legal. Is this why they call cannabis dope? I mean, these people aren't very smart connecting the dots, are they? The so-called experts say that the negative outcomes weren't expected. Of course they were. Don't listen to the experts. Canadian doctors want it treated like tobacco. And how are we treating tobacco? Uh, Smoke-free 2025. The good news for New Zealand is that as we watch the disaster of legalisation of cannabis in Canada and states like Colorado and every other US state that goes down this dopey track, the more concrete evidence we get that confirms that New Zealand has made the very best decision in 2020 by voting no.